Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it is your boy, Stevie Jobber. And it's your boy, Dangerous Duke. And welcome back to the Dangerous Jobbers podcast, putting wrestling over one podcast at a time. Now, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We have a very big event to discuss. Mm -hmm. uh, And no, it is not Survivor Series. But traditionally, we will start it off with the wrestler of the pod, Duke. Take it away. Got you. So I got the wrestler of the pod this week, and this guy is somebody that I've been following for a minute. I'm a huge fan of his. Some of you guys might know who it is. Some of you guys might not know who it is. I know Stevie doesn't know who it is, but he will in a minute because this guy is a former EPW tag champion, a former PPW heavyweight champion, former IWA heavyweight champion, former NXT North American champion, and the newest member to the New Japan pro wrestling roster, Jonah Rock, Mm. formerly known as Bronson Reed. Okay. Okay. So, So Jonah Rock, former NXT North American champ, IWA heavyweight champ. You guys have seen NXT. You guys have seen what Bronson Reed can do. So you guys already know how well he is in the ring. Mm -hmm. But ever since jumping to New Japan, when he made his debut at their recent pay-per-view event, he was brutal. He showed up and he just demolished people. So Jonah Rock has to be the wrestler of the pod. Mm. Very good. Very nice stuff. Very good big man. He really knows how to move in there. He'll fit well in New Japan. Oh, man. Okay. New Japan I mean, was just in Philly, too. That was a surprise for me. I did, I did not expect uh, – I'm going to start calling him Jonah now. I did not expect Jonah to go to New Japan. I, I was thinking maybe Impact. Yeah. But he fits. So, he fits New Japan. Yeah, and since New Japan is doing, you know, the forbidden door bouncing. Yeah. So – it's possible he could pop up an impact or pop up elsewhere. They're, so, yeah, they're, they're, they're doing a lot of intertwining now. And I didn't realize how young he was. I thought he was a little bit older. I thought he was like maybe 37. Mm-hmm. He's only 32. Mm-hmm. So he's still relatively young. He can still go for maybe like another, you know, prime years, like maybe another eight years, nine years. Yeah. Yeah, he's got he's got some time with him. There's definitely a lot of people he could face over there, too. You know, you could throw him in there with Fale. You could throw him in there with Osprey. uh, You could throw him in there with Jay White. And it's going to be a quality match all the way through. Yeah, very, uh, very entertaining. Okay. I can dig it. Man, I wish. um, Because I was going to say, like, there's certain big men, notably Jeff Cobb, that feel well in New Japan and. I feel like Bronson could do a lot in there. Yeah, because he's a big man who can move. Like, he can't move as good as Keith Lee can, but Mm -hmm. he can still move for a guy his size. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, If I could could digress for just a second, I want to make sure, um, because some people use our podcast to catch up with MLW. Um. 
I want to make sure when Battleground happens that we talk about it for a little bit. I mean, not Battleground, uh, War Chamber. Mm-hmm. Uh, is their version of war games. I want to make sure when it comes when it comes on TV that we talk about it. I realize I haven't really been able to talk about much of it after um, after the Jacob Fatu and Hammerstone thing, only because we've seen so much. We're not exactly sure what we can talk about, so, mm-hmm. so we don't want to reveal anything before it happens. But. Um, whenever War Chamber happens, I want to come back on here and talk about it. But um, yeah, yeah. Okay. Bronson Reed. Mm-hmm. Wrestler of the pod. Um, so with that being said, I know we got some AEW full gear that we got to discuss as like the main bullet points. But um, I just want to run through some of the small WWE stuff I have. Um, first, I'm going to start with Tribute to the Troops, which just aired last night or tonight as we're recording. But as you guys are listening, it's last night. Mm -hmm. Um, They had three matches for Tribute to the Troops. And these three matches were recorded a month ago. So you, you know how they say the landscape of wrestling changes, you know, day to day, week to week, month to month. Mm hmm. They really weren't lying. That, that's really not a false statement because the first met one of the one of the matches was Liv Morgan versus Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair not really doing anything right now. Um, I believe she just had a. Did she just have the uh, fatal four way? Mm-hmm. So so she just had a fatal four way to be the number one contender. And she lost it to Liv Morgan. Bianca and Liv just had a match and Bianca won. Mm -hmm. So I kind of think that kind of makes me think that them making Liv the number one contender was a spur of the moment thing. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, why would Liv Morgan be losing to Bianca Belair after she just became the number one contender? I, yeah, I, I I couldn't even tell you a good reason. I mean, it was a, it was a decent match though. They both you know showed each other respect. They hugged each other, you know, all that good stuff. Maybe it was just because of the troops thing or whatever, but that happened in their match. And then another match was probably the most underwhelming sounding match on paper: Big mm. E versus Dolph Ziggler. That does sound underwhelming on paper. Um, of course, Biggie wins. No huge surprise there. No huge. Not at all. Yeah, no, nothing huge for this match, which doesn't really seem surprising because it's pre-recorded. And it's Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, very true. <laughs> um, and then finally, you have Roman versus Shinsuke, which on paper isn't bad. Probably the most appealing match. On paper. For me, yeah. And then it was a good match back and forth. Boogs was distracting Roman with the guitar playing. The Usos, they run out, jump them. Okay. Roman comes out, helps. uh, the Roman comes out from the ring, helps the Usos. And then Superman punches Nakamura, rolls him back in the ring, hits him with a spear, gets the win. 
And, and yeah, pretty, pretty cut and dry. And then he acknowledges the troops. You know, he says thank you to for their service and everything. Nice. But he also says, I acknowledge you as my tribal troops. Oh, nice. So I mean, he's still he's still using the tribal chief, tribal troops thing. Mm-hmm. They're his troops. Is basically what he's saying. Um, I wasn't a fan of this. No, I, I don't get uh, the tribute to the troops. Not really. Oh, the okay, yeah. No, just the the show itself. Yeah, yeah. Like I remember the days of past where it was either on the barracks, like yeah. they just set up a ring on the barracks and did it there. Yeah. Or they just had the arena filled with troops. Troops. Yeah. And if it wasn't filled with troops, it was about half the arena was filled with troops. Yeah. And this one just it felt like one of those old pre-recorded SmackDowns from mm-hmm. whenever. Or it basically it just felt like a an episode of a main event. Gotcha. Yeah, that yeah. sucks. I, I remember the days of old, too. I remember when they used to do it, like, um, was it Christmas or the day after Christmas? Yeah, th- that was that's another thing. They used to do it in December. Yeah, right they around, used to do it in December around Christmas. Yeah, like, probably right around Christmas or the week of Christmas, they would do it. Yeah, And it and would it, either be, it would either be, like, outside or it would be on a military base or it would be somewhere else. Right. But why they pre-recorded it, I don't know. I, it doesn't make sense to pre-record it because given that, you know, a lot of people are upset with your current product, you would think that you would try to do some of the good stuff that we enjoy. Like we're not gung ho and super excited for the tribute to the troop show, but it's a show that we actually enjoy. We would actually sit down and watch the tribute to the troops. Yeah. I mean, it used to be, it used to be an event. It used to be like a, a big kind thing. Of not, I mean, not a holiday event, but it used to be like, you know, like something you did around Christmas that you were kind of excited about. Yeah. Like it was it wasn't, kind of like a glorified house show, but like an American glorified house show that wasn't about money. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it wasn't it wasn't like you were more excited to watch it than uh than Saturday night velocity what was it? It was velocity and heat. Mm-hmm. You were more excited to watch Tribute to the Troops than you were Velocity and Heat, but mm-hmm. it wasn't really as exciting as SmackDown or Raw, if that makes sense. Yeah, you knew none of the matches mattered, but you knew you were going to see some cool stuff. And It was a good, yeah, good good stuff for the troops and whatnot. Yeah. This one didn't really feel like anything. They just had a couple video packages and three matches, and that was it. It's kind of corny. I remember it being more than that. Yeah, so do I. I remember when, you know, Stone Cold would be Santa or Big Show was Santa. Mm-hmm. Or when Batista and John Cena had the tag team match. Hell, even even when, you know, it got a little bit watered down when Rusev was there and uh he ripped the Ameri- he uh tried to rip the American flag down. Mm, I remember and that Big, too. And he super kicked the soldier. I remember that too. That was some good I used to have some good tribute to the troops, man. I don't know what happened to it. Well, uh, speaking of stuff that we don't know what happened happened to it and stuff that's becoming underwhelming, is it me or is this year's Survivor Series in 2021 
one of the most underwhelming Survivor Series shows of the past five to ten years. Um, you know what? I think you're absolutely right. Um, you know, normally, and when is Survivor Series this year? What, what are they doing at? Is that in a uh, week or two? It's it's in a week, I think. It's in a week. So this mm-hmm. will be the go home week, right? I believe so. Yeah, I don't I, I don't know. And you know, I've discussed this with some people, and it again, like I hate to be the guy that keeps saying this, but they're selling this my they're selling this company. Like I they gotta be, right? I just I don't understand. Like SummerSlam felt like just another pay-per-view. Survivor series feels like just another pay-per-view. Um honestly, I'm forgetting about I forgot about Survivor Series two or three times. Yeah, I have not had much interest in it. And they came up with the team in like a week. Yeah, like normally you have you gotta make it exciting. You gotta do the qualifying matches. Right. Hell, you could you could even, you know, have management pick the captains. Mm-hmm. Some politicking, some in, some type of invasion. Right, the invasion angle starts to happen. And like you're not seeing anything. Uh, this just it just feels like it's just another thing. But you know what? I they're phoning it in, dude. Like they're, they're really think- phoning it in, and they're phoning it in at every level because I think they're building to war games soon, but. Not story wise. I just saw them put on their like Instagram, like, who do you want in the war games this year? Like, that's never how we do this. Like, this, yeah. it's always a mutual build so that like it's, it's, it things build to a point where you have to do war games. It's mm-hmm. never who do you just want to be in war? This isn't Survivor Series. Like, yeah. why are you building war games like it's Survivor? They're mailing it in, dude. Like, they're, are they there? It seems like they're making it like a Cyber Sunday kind of thing. Yeah, they're just, they're mailing it in, man. And it's, it just sucks. And I think really the only build that I've seen towards Survivor Series this year that involves the actual event is, um, you know, the, the Roman attacking Xavier Woods and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the slight, the, um, I guess the slight drama on SmackDown between Jeff Hardy and Sami Zayn. Yeah. And because now, even now, that's not amazing. Like, yeah. Cause now Sammy's off the team and they're, they need an extra person. So I guess that's really their their claim to excitement is oh we have a mystery person for SmackDown. Unless right. that shit's the rock, we're not gonna be excited. Yeah, dude. And at this like, rate, like... you, you better you better pull some magic out of your ass if you want us to be excited for this, because right now we're not. It's just sad, dude. Like are they gonna are they gonna mail it in for Royal Rumble too? Like or are y'all only focusing on Royal Rumble and WrestleMania? Because even then, that's mailing it in. But still, at least, you know, <laughs> at least we get two instead of you only caring about us. If Royal Rumble, if you st- if we start to not care about Royal Rumble, which has been hard to care about in the past years anyway, it's just going to be sad until they go out of business, man. Like, I, it's just, it just feels I'm, like I'm there's no lie. effort put into this at all. I'm getting really close to not caring about the Rumble just because I seen what the uh the pay-per-view schedule is going to look like for 2022. Mm. 
and it makes absolutely no sense. Oh, wow. Really? All right. So I don't know if you've seen it, but January 1st, mm-hmm. they're doing a New Year's Day pay-per-view. Okay. And then later on in January. Is it not New Year's resolution? I don't know what they're calling it yet, but it, it's I would, just new, I would hope just, that it was it's the just the New Year's Day pay-per-view. The smart thing to do would be to call it New Year's resolution. I hope they do that. I hope they bring it back. Yeah, so do I, because that would be the smart thing. And then later on in the month, you have the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. Nothing in February. Weird. And then nothing in March. Weird again. What? April. April. Is WrestleMania. WrestleMania. Right. So in February, you have nothing. And in March, you have nothing. You just skip from Royal Rumble to WrestleMania. WrestleMania. Okay. If I'm not mistaken, isn't there always a pit stop? There's always a pit stop, whether it's fast road, whether it's no way out, whether it's uh, elimination chain. There's always something. Like I know, er, like I know, very early on in WWE, there was no stop in between. It was just the Rumble and Mania. Yeah, but back then it was only like four pay per views anyway. Yeah, but exactly, there was only four. Since the times have moved on, and we hit like you know the '90s, the 2000s, and what have you, that stop has been much needed mm-hmm. because then you can actually set your mania up the way you want it to look without doing it on just regular nightly shows. You can actually make it mean something. You know, I got to tell you, that's going to suck, man. Like not having anything between the rumble and you and mania and you got two months that's yep. two months of filler, dude. Like me, me and D, filler me. with no pay per views. Like, mm-hmm. that's gonna, gonna suck for the writing team. Me and D, the me and uh, D, the toy hunter, were talking about this, and we said the same thing. But we also said this is gonna be bad for WWE, but it's gonna be great for AEW. Isn't everything always greater for not even just AEW for any other company for impact for MLW for GCW? Because if you're looking for a pay-per-view that you want to watch, like you just feel like there's no pay-per-views in February or March, but you see AEW's doing one the end of February, you see Mm GCW's doing one in the middle of March or impacts doing one in the middle of March. You have other companies you can jump to and watch the pay-per-views. And if they're good enough, you could be like, oh, damn, this is good. I'm going to start watching this company. Or, mm-hmm. damn, this is good. I'm going to jump to this company. You can lose a lot of fans that way if you're WWE. Mm-hmm. And how do you get the bulk of your money? Pay-per-views. Because you upcharge your pay-per-views when you sell the tickets. Mm-hmm. When you have the network, people are buying the network just to watch your pay-per-views. Because mm-hmm. we know we're not watching it for the old stuff anymore. We're not watching it for Table of Three and The Bump and what have you. Yeah, I mean, they put some new stuff on there, but it's, it, I I don't know. I don't know. It gets it gets hard to watch. Like, I tried to, the other day, I tried to watch their, like, top 100 greatest women wrestlers, but I disagreed with, like, the first 
10 people on the list. I was like, you know what? I can't watch the rest of this. <laughs> so, I mean, and they try to excite you about new content, but most of the time it's just like podcasts, like the Broken Skull podcast, like whatever they're doing next or whatever, 24, they're interested. And it's just it's not yeah. as appealing. It seems like those are the two biggest pushing points right now for the network as far as, like, outside content goes. It's the WWE 24 or, like you said, the Broken Skull podcast, and, which is and, a good podcast, but... Yeah. And the know, weird the weird part about it is it, for these 24s you make, there has to be significant events for us to care to watch them. Mm-hmm. So, like... <laughs> It's kind of hard when you're you're you don't do anything of relevance to make me want to watch these things. Like, yeah, because you figure, what was the last twenty four they did? It was uh, Jay Uso. Uh, pop, yeah, but that one was very meaningful, even though he lost. But so, um, what was, what was the one after that? Uh, or, or was there what was the one before? I guess, dude, dude I couldn't tell you. Like, I, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you. You know, I, I'll, I'll pull it up on on a peacock right now. I was gonna say because there's very, there's very, few, I, I, there's very few that I think are significant. Like I know, I think Big E had one. Yeah. Just recently, I think Big E was the last one. I think it, it was might Big have e. been Big E. I think it was Big E, then Jay, then uh, twenty-four. Okay, so the last one was no, that couldn't have been it. Was that, Who's that? Really the last one? Um, yeah, Big E was the last one. Then it was the Miz. Nobody before that Mania. Before that. Keith Lee, Drew, Mania again. The Nature Boy. Okay. Maybe, maybe Edge Jay had the uh maybe Jay had the Chronicles. Yeah. Maybe he had the Chronicles. The 24s are like. Well, even then, there you go. The last one I remember, Big E, and then I don't remember any of the rest. No. What was the last Chronicle? Um, the last Chronicles were Damien Priest. Yeah, I know Priest just... Okay, yeah, Priest um, did have one. Edge, Bianca. All those seem like old points in time, though. So they made one about Lana for some reason. I, all right, well, see, that's just know. further valid. That's just further validating the point. Yeah, like some of these don't even make sense. Like in the retrospect, why did you make one about John Morrison? You were never going to use him again. I don't. Why did you? Why did you make one about Lana if you were just going to cut her? Why did yeah. you make one about Keith Lee if you were just going to cut him? Like the last one that made sense was Jay Uso. I didn't know why you made one about Kevin Owens. Like, <laughs> what did he even do? You didn't even do anything. You put him up against Roman for like no reason. I, I I don't know. None of these uh, makes sense. This is for me. I I don't know, man. Much m- much much like Survivor Series this year. None of it makes sense. Yeah, like why did you just kind of choose the people? I don't know, man. This I don't know. They're like they're phoning it in, and 
I just I want him I want it to be over. I I gotta be honest with you. Like <laughs> just I just want it to be a like I just want some somebody that cares about what they're doing again. It it hasn't felt right for maybe the last five years. No, it has. But man. lately, it's just gotten worse, and what? And then now, it's like no one even cares anymore. We're just doing whatever. Like, yeah, it's it's gradually gotten worse and worse over the last five years. Like it was bad after uh, 2014, 2013, but the last five years, it has gotten worse and worse. Yeah, started like to get, would... started to get better for a little bit. And then it just fell again. You at least started to feel like they were trying. You know what I mean? And there was just stuff that wasn't working. Like now it's like. No hope. All hope is lost. Yeah. And now it's like, man, do y'all even care anymore? I feel like y'all know it sucks and y'all just don't care. Like they're they're trying to get out of here. Like, Like the guy that's doing their job so bad, they're waiting for someone to fire them. Like, yeah. Like, are you doing this on purpose? Like, or do you just, like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. Uh, You're too good to be doing this. I'm on track where I'm ready to just hibernate until the end of January for the Royal Rumble. And if the Royal Rumble becomes shit, I'll just hibernate and then not come back. Like, I'm, al- I, I'm already fading in and out of WWE as it stands because of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Listen, man, like I said before, like, give it a year or two, man. This show won't even really be about WWE. Nope. <laughs> It'll be an AEW and indie show, and then the indies will be WWE. Like, the, the way that they're headed, mm-hmm. there's no reason to care about the product at all anymore. Like, Very true. And it's just sad, dude. It's just sad. Well... Speaking of AEW and the Indies, oh I know, man, I know we got some full gear we got to discuss. Oh yeah, so here's a uh, the our new version of Backlash, I guess. Right, this is coming off so. this is coming off the heels of All Out, which is our new WrestleMania. Um, embrace it; it's the truth. <laughs> um, and you so know I guess. This. And so I guess full gear would be our our uh, our backlash and hell of a card, man. Like, yeah, definitely. Um, I felt like one of the greatest comments I seen after the pay per view was somebody saying that the thing they appreciate most about AEW is that um, they don't make a bad card. No, There's no piss break matches in the AEW pay per view. Um, you always have a fear of leaving because you feel like you're going to miss something. And even I, I'll agree with that, but I'll also add on to it. Even the piss break matches usually aren't bad matches. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Like the, the the piss break match for this card, in my opinion, wasn't as bad of a match as I thought it was going to be. And they never are. And I've realized this from watching AEW so much is that, like, dude, in all honesty, they're a wrestling company. Like, everyone there can wrestle. Like, they don't mm-hmm. they don't really hire anybody that can't go. Um, 
So if you have to leave matches for the piss break match, it's usually just the match you're least invested in. Um, so much as the this yeah, match is gonna luck. suck, so I'm gonna go to the bathroom. You see what I'm saying? Um, yeah. But I digress. Um, and I, I, as we go through, go ahead. I was gonna say as we go through these matches, as we go through the matches, we both should say. Uh, we should both acknowledge when the match comes up, which match we thought was our piss break match. Gotcha. Um, I think that's a good idea. Well, starting with the buy-in, um, mm-hmm. which was my, which I would have put as the piss break match, which is not a good piss break match because it's the first match. Um, and it's the pre-show basically. Um, but just because it's the one you have to be least invested in. Um, it was Nyla Rose and uh, Jamie Hayter against Hikaru Shida and Thunder Rosa. Mm-hmm. Uh, an interesting part about this is that all these people, well, three out of the four, for me, uh, either were or are main event females in the division. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that they ended up in the buy-in, but there's also a thing they like, they're also really good at kind of making even the matches that don't mean anything mean something. Mean something. Like these are the reasons you watch Elevation and Dark because even though the people down there are kind of they're like developmental or like they're testing this talent to see if they can bring them to the next stage or they don't know what to do with them yet. There's yeah. still minor storylines in there with great wrestlers. Um, so this was just in, you know, just a threw together tag match um, with some heels and some faces. I don't think it leads toward anything, uh, but it was a solid match. You know, they did what they could with the time and, yeah, uh, there's no real story building because, you know, they just kind of threw this one together. Yeah, um, just as a as like a get your people in the seats type of match. Exactly. Uh, with some big names, though, former uh, NWA Women's Champion Thunder Rosa, two former uh, AEW Women's Champions in Hikaru Shida and Nyla Rose. Uh, and they had a solid match. Um, Sheeta won with a jackknife on Nyla Rose, which I thought was kind of ridiculous. But at the same time, they also Mm -hmm. chose Hikaru Sheeta to beat Nyla Rose in like the first crowning of the AEW Women's Championship. So, Mm -hmm. you know, am I going to argue with the people that already made the decision that this is a possible thing that could happen? You know, you pick your you pick your places to argue. Yeah, y'all see her as somebody. Yeah, if you see her as somebody that can jackknife Nyla Rose, then you know how am I going to argue with you after we've come this far? Um, You can do it. Why not? Right. So that was uh, that was a solid start um, to the buy-in, and then the actual event started, and they kicked it off very strong. The first match being MJF versus Darby Allen. Um. I don't. I started to think when it first came on, is this the match that I would start the show with? But at the same time, when you look at the card, this card is so stacked, like the actual card for Full Gear, 
mm-hmm. you, you kind of could start anywhere. Like, so yeah. for it, it, it is very complicated because every match is like a big match. Um, so it, I mean, starting with MJF and Darby Allen kind of is a good decision considering you can start with anybody, but you got to start it with somebody that's going to give you what you want and give it to you strong. Um, and who gets a better pop right out the gate than Darby Allen, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so MJF comes out, Darby Allen comes out um, with Sting, um, wielding the bat, big pop. Um, the match was very good. There was a lot of backbreakers, and I'll mm-hmm. give it to I'll give it to MJF that character work. Um, he really worked the the backbreaker. He came in very egotistical. He like pushed the announcer to say some some dumb shit about um, him being able to beat Darby Allen with a headlock. <laughs> hmm. So like for whatever reason, he just thinks Darby Allen defends the headlock terribly. Whatever, <laughs> but, like, but like just snooty things like that. But he really gave it to Darby. He beat Darby up a lot. It was a lot of backbreakers. It was one spot. Um, in particular, where Darby went for a Hurricane Rana. He jumped up. Uh, MJF caught him in the air, and you can hear Darby go, oh, shit, right before he lets him down uh, into a backbreaker, which looked devastating. He was kicking Darby's ass a lot of this match. Yeah, that uh, that coffin drop spot was pretty bad, too. The coffin drop on the apron? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That shit hurt, man. It, it, it looked rough. Um, he was kicking his butt a lot through this, John. But Darby, Darby was starting to get his comeback. Um, and Wardlow and Spears came down. And Sting attacked him with the bat. Got him out of there. But in the confusion, um, MJF had grabbed Darby's skateboard, threw it in the ring, and kind of like a Bray Wyatt John Cena spot where he, like, dared him to hit him mm-hmm. and get himself disqualified. But... Uh, I guess the thing surrounding the whole feud is that uh, Darby wouldn't let MJF win uh, and beat him mentally. Mm-hmm. So he decides not to hit him with the skateboard. And while the ref is throwing the skateboard out, MJF puts on his diamond ring. Mm-hmm. And in like Regal, uh, William Regal fashion, clocks him across the jaw and uh, puts him out. And wins the match, uh, so which is uh, I thought it was a very good match. Yeah, I would I would say it was a good match. Uh, definitely not the piss break match. No. Um, MJF needed this win. I think MJF really needed the win. He, I, I, you know what? I believe you. I, I believe you, and I agree. I think he really needed it because um, coming off the heels of the Jericho thing. It just it felt unfinished. It felt like he needed that that win. Like he should have won the Jericho one. He needs one to stay stable. And his whole discussion of the four pillars thing and um how he kind of blew over Darby Allen, it would kind of put him further down in the chain. Uh had mm-hmm. he lost to Darby and this be it. So I agree with you, he needed the win. It felt sad to see, but at the same time, it doesn't really hurt. Darby anymore. No. And it kind of it really helps uh MJF more so to 
just solidify how much of an asshole he is. Yeah, pretty much. So I thought that was a good spot. Um, MGF did exactly what he was supposed to do. Um, he came off with the entire building hating him, and it was just it was just the heel at work, man. He's he's one of the best to do it. So, mm-hmm. um, following that, uh, I should lead the rest of these matches with the uh, with the pretense that it was uh, the anniversary of Eddie Guerrero's death. Yeah. Um, so there was a lot of Eddie tributes through the night. Mm-hmm. Um, and it started really with this match, the Lucha Bros versus FTR, uh, which I feel like should be the culmination of a heated rivalry between the two. Um, I mean, I'm sure they might have one extra match in AAA, but I feel like in AEW, as far as everything goes, this was the finale of what they were going through. Um, after FTR stole the AAA titles from them, uh, wearing like fake luchador masks. It was either it ends with them getting both titles or they win this battle and then I guess fight over the AAA titles in AAA at some point. Um, I thought what was hilarious was FCR had actually came out to like Mexican wrestling music. And I was, I was like, gen- just generic like uh, lucha music. And I thought it was freaking hilarious because like what what assholes dude like <laughs> to, to just keep dude it's just like a like a slap in the face to their culture um but i thought that was very good heel work very yeah, I was good, gonna heel say, work. good heel work um and they had both the american flag and the uh mexican flag on their tights um which is another dig that i thought was hilarious <laughs> Um, the Lucha Bros came out in like a army fashion, um, which I would imagine is for Veterans Day because that passed this week. Yeah, yeah, that just passed. Um, so that was that I would believe is for them. Uh, but they had a dope match. Um, there was uh, a Eddie Guerrero spot in there where Dax um, did his best version of a of Eddie's uh, Eddie's shoulder shake. Um, mm-hmm. And then he went, he tried to go for the three amigos, didn't get it. Ray Phoenix reversed it and actually hit the frog splash, um, which got a good pop. And then and, Pensa, uh, Pensa did the, uh, was it, was it Phoenix? I think Pensa did the reverse that under the three amigos. Was it Penta? Yeah, Penta reversed it under the three amigos. Okay, and then Phoenix got off the I, frog splash. That was the match I watched back three times. Okay, well, you would know better than I would <laughs> Little insider joke. That was the match I watched back three times. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> um, you know what? In retrospect, I understand why that would be the one you would have to watch over and over again. Um, yeah. They did a lot. They did a lot. Um, coming off that, the FTR got into some stuff. They pulled out their the Lucha masks they used to win. These, like, generic green Lucha masks. Yeah. Um, and they had pulled them off to try and do a switcheroo, but they ended up hitting the assisted pile driver and actually ended up beating FTR and to retain the uh, AEW tag titles. I'm I'm not gonna lie, you know what that kind of what I kind of thought that was at first. Mm. I thought that was a dig at WWE when they used to have everybody and anybody 
put the uh, gold luchador mask on and be the conquistadors. Yeah, 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 yeah. I did kind of think about that when I first saw them. I get that, but but yeah, yeah. It, it was it was cool. For, it was cool for them um, to retain. I felt like they needed to. Um, otherwise, I mean, it, they would just get start to get like MJF levels of tag team heat at that point, right? Like, yeah, pretty much. So good win for the Lucha Bros. They needed it. Um, because otherwise, it would have just had them looking weak which I don't think they needed to look at this point in time. No. And it would have served no purpose for FTR to hold both titles. Um, it's like putting too much credit on them this early. Yeah. I mean, they're good, but we know yeah. they can do it, but come on now. Exactly. So this was good. It wasn't the piss break match for me. It was it was very solid. Um, not the greatest match, but, the, you know, they did what they do out there. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on from that, there was Miro versus Danielson, um, which I believe I that believe they the, kept uh, it very. Um, I believe they kept it very very straight wrestling. Um, I don't yeah. think there was any Eddie tributes in this. They just had a rough, uh, just a rough freaking match. Yeah, I've noticed that with those two in particular, whenever they wrestle each other, whether it's inside of WWE or out, they know they tend to have more of a rough style of a match. Mm -hmm. Like even when they were in WWE, their matches were a little more. Um, how do you describe? Like like their matches had a little bit more oomph to them. Like they were, like Miro's the bigger guy, Danielson's the smaller guy, obviously, but they both can go and be rough with each other. Like they both can take what he what the other's given. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it was it was very physical. Um, they really brought it. There was no spot I felt like was, um too crazy like you, you that i needed to point out i didn't have anything in my notes they just really kind of went at it uh, yeah they they gave you a good quality match and um you know the focus obviously was on their two submissions um mm -hmm. which i feel like I, I found myself realizing how much they protect miro's uh game over that that uh I forget what the actual name of the move is, but yeah, what, which one I'm talking about that that uh yeah. Oh um the Coloss. The Coloss. Um no, not the Coloss. That's gender's move. Um I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's it's it, I don't know why I can't remember it, that damn move. It, it, it's why it's can almost I remember that, the name of it. It's, it's like, like a that timeless it's like that modified version of the camel clutch. The camel clutch. Yeah, we'll call it the camel clutch. We know it's not the camel clutch, but that's the regular name for it. Um, the accolade. The accolade. There you go. There we go. <laughs> I we knew it was going to come. I knew it was going to come eventually. But yeah, it was basically, um, I realized how much they protected the accolade because um, they put in there, you know, once he gets that locked in, it's over. And I really believed it. I was like, "Yeah, you, you know what? You're probably right." The moment he locks in the accolade, the match is the match is done. Um, he hits that. He he rolls back, and you're finished. So, 
So uh, I realized that I felt like it was actually pretty, pretty strong and stronger than the label lock or the guest lock that they used to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, but nevertheless, Daniel soon find his, found his way out of it, uh, locked in the label lock and won. Um, rough match, but you know what? Danielson has really proven. Um, I don't even know if I can say he proved himself, but he just seems so much more refined as like this version of. Uh, he seems Brian a little Danielson. bit more of himself. And he seems and and more of a threat. Like he has like this edge to him that he didn't have before. Like before, he had an edge, but it was because he was like. You, he was almost kind of crazy. Yeah. But this version of of Danielson is just like it makes I don't, you realize don't even know that, how to describe it. It makes you realize that the jump to a different company was what he needed for mm-hmm. a while. Mm-hmm. Not even just now, just for a while. Yeah, it was like he's so good at um. I don't know. He was just so confident and so like certain he, of himself. He, he looks like, like he's having more fun. He looks like yeah. he's having more fun. Yeah, you just you just kind of relate to it more. Like you're you're rooting for this Brian, but not in a underdog way. You know what I mean? I mean, I I would say that with some of the with with the majority of the people that they've signed recently, because Danielson looks like he's having more fun. Cole mm-hmm. looks like he's having a ball. Like he mm-hmm. looks like he's having the time of his life. Mm-hmm. Ruby Soho is actually, um, you know, she she's actually looking like she's better than what WWE played her out to be. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. So just the last three signings alone, you could tell that them leaving was what they needed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but speaking of Adam Cole, the match following the Danielson match was um, the Super Click versus the Jurassic Express um, in a, what did they call it? There was two street fights in this. Um, so they had a regular, like, no holds barred, falls count anywhere. Like, a, I get, like, it was a street fight, but they didn't call it the same street fight they call the other street fight <laughs> between American top team and inner circle. Um, but they basically just had a, a crazy hardcore match. Um, Jurassic Express and Christian Cage uh, versus the super click Adam Cole and the Young Bucks. Um, crazy. It, it, and, and you know, as you would imagine, it was a bit of a spot fest. Um which the Young Bucks are pretty much known for at this point. Of course. Um, and, and and not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, it was a good, it's their style of match. Um, less finesse than, you know, they're usually, uh, they usually bring to the table, but very mm-hmm. good. Nonetheless, there was a, uh, there was an Alka- uh, uh, Huracurana spot where Jungle Boy Huracurana somebody through the table. Um, yeah. Um, I from think inside that was, the ring um, to the outside. I think that was Nick. I think that was Nick Jackson. Okay. And then yeah. Matt Jackson was the opposite end. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a spot where um, 
they did their like thumbtacks in the mouth spot where they do that super kick where they put all the thumbtacks in your mouth. They did that Adam Cole kissing spot and then they super kick the thumbtacks out of uh, Jungle Boy's mouth. They've been doing that spot a lot more lately. I have noticed that. I have noticed that. They're going to have to address that at some point before it gets like tired. Um, Watered down. Yeah. They're going to and desensitize. You got to be careful with those kind of things. Um, mm-hmm. They did the thumbtacks on the knee pad spot, that uh, triple uh, knee to the face, um, and everybody mm-hmm. had thumbtacks on the knees. That was crazy. Um, the symbolism through the whole match was um, the concerto. Christian really wanted to do, really wanted uh, Jungle Boy to do the one man concerto. Uh, to end the fight mm-hmm. um, and they pushed toward it at one point in the night and they just um, something stopped him he hesitated and uh, they ended up interfering and the match kept going but that's eventually how the match ended um, with uh, Jungle Boy doing the one man concerto for the win for Jurassic Express um, and I guess it symbolized him uh, him like arriving I guess you could say, like, I guess this was his yeah, like, kind, kind of man. coming like, like a coming of his own, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Like the symbolizing of him, of him, like. I was going to say the one thing AEW kind of has to work on a little bit is their camera angles, because when that three count came and it was one, two, three, mm. as soon as Jungle Boy gets off, you can literally see Christian crawling from out of nowhere up to him. And then just getting up and hugging them. Like, I would have <laughs> at least changed the camera angles around the ring. Yeah. Just so, you know, when you pan back, then you see Christian coming in. Yeah. Because he might have came in a little too fast for my taste. Yeah, they got a, they got some stuff they still need to work out with that. I, I could see him um, moving out of, kind of trying to move out of the camera angle, too, once he had handed him the chair and got him ready for the spot. Um, and he had like took significant steps back and like laid down to be out of the angle. So it was just Jungle Boy. Um, and the cameras didn't quite match him getting out of the way. Um, so there's still some stuff to fix about that. But um, I like the fact that they centered it around Jungle Boy instead of centering it around Christian. Um, yeah. And kept it on the, the young guys that it's supposed to stay on stand on the people that are you know that are much older and have are more established if you will mm-hmm. so i dig that um solid match i mean would you consider this a, a, a the piss break match um what this this uh tag team match the the six man tag yeah no, the, believe it or not, I had another match on here dubbed as the piss break match. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll get to it. But I can see how for some people, like the spot fest matches are the matches where it's like, all right, I'm going to get out of here. Um, but the match following that was Cody Rhodes and Pac versus Malachi and Andrade. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can't say too much. What, I, what I'll say is it's probably exactly what you expected it to be. And I, I kind of hope everything is over after this. 
I know the I know the result is the result is definitely what we expected. I'm pretty sure everyone under the sun had this had this match ending the way not exactly the way it did, but the end result itself happened. Like, I, I wouldn't have had Pac getting the pinfall, but I would have had Pac and Cody win. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't. I'll say that, too. Yeah, it didn't end the way I thought the ending would be, but the people that won are the people that I thought were going to win. Yeah, I thought Cody was going to be the one to get the pinfall. Um, But, yeah, it ended up being Pac with a black arrow uh, on Andrade. Uh, and I don't know if there's any... I don't know if there's any uh, validation to this rumor, but apparently Malachi got injured during the match. So I don't know if this, I don't know if that's factual or not, but I did read around that Malachi was potentially hurt during the match. Oh, damn. Well, I hope that's not true. I hope that's just rumors. I would feel bad if that's, if that's a match that Malachi got hurt in because, I, it wasn't even like a quality. Uh, I don't even want to say that. Like they put together a good match, but I it think we're all kind of. Game. I think we're all kind of like over these two feuds. Yeah, in my opinion. Like we can jump to something else. Yeah, like I felt like this. This it should end here. Like we should. This should have been a two birds one stone kind of match. And mm-hmm. whatever the result is, we'll leave it and we'll go from there. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I feel like I feel like after this pay-per-view, a lot of the feuds are gonna switch to something else. Mm. Um which they should. Andrade should move past Pac and uh Malachi should have something better, and Cody can focus on something else. Like I feel like everyone can kind of part ways mutually here and go on to something better. Yeah. Because Cody at this point, I feel like has done everything he needed to do for Malachi. Um, He got him over, which he really didn't even need to. Um, He didn't even really need to do. He was kind of over the moment he walked through the door, but just to get him on a solid few that yeah. made him feel okay and kind of broke him in. Um, and as far as Andrade, I think as far as the scheduling and everything with Pac, it kind of killed the feud from the beginning. So they could. Yeah. And, and that's not really something that I can say is their fault. That That's more just given what's going on in the world. Like we get it. Everything's tough with COVID and the traveling restrictions and what have you. One person being based out of Mexico, the other one being based out of the U.K., it gets kind of hard traveling wise, but I mean, mm-hmm. given like you just said with the scheduling and everything, it it just we we got tired of it, which sucks for them. But it, I, yeah, I agree, we were tired of it. Um, but the good thing is everything else left on the card, um, essentially. I. Okay, well, no, because I have my piss break match and it's coming up. But everything left on the card were the big builds. Mm. Um, so the match coming up, which really should have been, 
I don't even want to say that. You know what? They placed it perfectly where it was on the card. I was I was about to say it should have been second to last, but now that I think about it in retrospect, it 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 shouldn't have been. This was perfect where it was placed. Um, the next match was Punk versus Eddie Kingston, which to me had more hype for me than the title match itself. Like this was the main event in my eyes. Um, tell me this was not your Pittsburgh match. This wasn't my Pittsburgh match. Okay, good. Because this to me was the match to see the paper before. Um, and credit to two of the greatest talkers, um, Eddie and Punk. I felt like mm-hmm. they built this within like two weeks and somehow it was still the greatest feud on the card. Um, and I hope they don't stop it. I hope it doesn't end here um, because they did exactly what they were supposed to do with this. The promo work was amazing leading up to it. Everyone's points were clear and there was a significant change into the guard. Um, so to start out, Punk came in, um, Eddie came in very serious with a mission in mind. You could see it in his face. He was, it was no bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, Punk came in in shorts, which I thought was a shot immediately. <laughs> I thought that was a shot at Eddie from the rip. Mm-hmm. Because the whole thing was surrounded when he was in the end, when they were in the Indies together and Punk wore shorts in the Indies. So I thought this was an immediate shot at, at Eddie. Um, so great, great callback to where the shorts, um, even if that wasn't his intention, it was a, a perfectly placed dig um, for like meta wrestling fans, for like really in detail wrestling fans. Yeah. Um, it was a very good dig at uh, Eddie Kingston. Um, but Eddie had another dig anyway, because before the bell rung, as soon as Punk got in the ring, Eddie hit him with the spinning back fist and knocked him cold out. He was gone for a minute there. Uh, and the ref was checking on him. Um, and Punk was had Punk had his knocks, his lights knocked out. So he was getting he was getting himself together. And then once he was getting himself together, he threw up the middle finger and was like, let's go. Ref rings the bell. Immediately Eddie starts pummeling him. They take it to the outside. Um and somewhere around there, Punk hits the, that uh they get back in the ring and Punk hits his uh running knee to the face to get the upper hand again. Um, but it was really a story of Eddie just kind of pursuing his goal of being the hell out of CM Punk. Yeah. Not about winning, not about losing, just beating the hell out of Punk, mm-hmm. uh, which goal achieved because he, he was really just clobbering Punk. Like he was fighting. Punk was in there wrestling. Eddie was fighting this man. Um, mm-hmm. And... and- I was going to say, CM Punk was also paying a little homage, too, in this match. Yeah, so um, they both got some interesting spots in there because at one point, Punk was laying in kicks and uh, Eddie had had enough and he poked him in the eye, which I thought was hilarious. Um, Very good Eddie Guerrero type stuff in there. Um, 
And then around some point, and, and, and it almost felt like um, watching it in real time, the crowd was realizing it. The, at the, we, me and the crowd were realizing what was happening at the same exact time. Because it, it was like he hit the ropes. There was like a shoulder bump. Um, he swung Eddie into the ropes. And he picked Eddie up. And it's like back suplex. Um, and as he started the back suplex, I'm like, I don't really see Punk do that a lot. And then he started to turn the back suplex. And I'm like, that's not his move. He lands. <laughs> he lands the back suplex. And I'm like, that reminds me of John Cena. <laughs> and then he puts his hand up. And I'm like, oh, this was planned. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and the whole crowd kind of realizes it at the same time. Like, oh, shit, he's going to do the five knuckle shuffle. And then it became a like willy wony moment. It was like, is he going to do it or is he just going to bullshit? Because uh-huh. he looked at the, he looked directly at the camera, cup his hand up, and it's like, is he is he gonna go for it? But he didn't. He he went like he was about to do the five knuckle shuffle, the you can't see me, and um that he was sure to get a non-disclosure about. <laughs> and uh he just went into the middle finger, a cease and desist. Um uh, uh, and he just went into the middle finger and Eddie matched him with the middle finger and they they brawled some more. Um, but it was a cool spot. Um, there was a spot where Punk had him um, sitting on the top ropes and Eddie just started pummeling the hell out of him. He just, he just really whipped his ass. He was bleeding at one point. Um, yeah. Total crimson mask. He was really giving it to Punk, man. And the best part about it was he started beating Punk down so bad that at one point Punk nailed the GTS just to get away. Um, Punk had nailed the GTS um, just to get Eddie to, like, stop. And he had, like, sat down in between the ropes. He didn't go for a pin at all. He just kind of caught his breath. Like he was getting his ass whooped. Um, so after that, it became it was it was almost the spot of like as Punk started to get his stuff in, he was starting to realize like I think he was going for a suplex or something, but he had taken a moment to look up at the crowd. Um and as he hooked Eddie's arm and he looked up at the crowd, there was just a parade of booze coming down. Yeah, and, I did see that. And Punk had this confused look where he kind of realized, like, oh, I'm not the good guy here. <laughs> like, I am the good guy, but they're not, like, we had lost all, you know, whatever. Doesn't, for this, remind, that doesn't this just remind you of a certain point in time when this happened to a certain super, a certain superstar in WWE, when he's supposed to be the good guy, but he's not really the good guy with the crowd. Yeah, yeah. It, it, and, it, and it was funny because um, when Punk first came back, he would say it all the time. Like, I know eventually um, this is going to get old. Like, you're not going to want to cheer every week. And like, 
the nostalgia is going to wear off. Um, it ain't wearing off for me, my guy. Yeah, well, well, he was like, he was saying like the nostalgia is going to wear off and um, it's not going to be as big of a thing and you're going to stop cheering for me just coming out and talking. And it felt like that was this moment. Like this is the first series feud he's been in since he got here that you really felt like he could lose and you actually wanted him to lose. If you could hear the roar of the place, they were totally behind Eddie Kingston. Yeah. Um, and Punk just had this crazy moment of realization where it was like, oh, like it's wore off. Like it's not, we're not just going to cheer you because you punk no more. Like we legitimately agree with this guy. Um, unfortunately for us, uh, it didn't result in uh, what everyone was cheering for. Punk, um, after he landed that GTS, the whole tide really kind of turned. Um and Eddie was losing steam and Punk was landing all this stuff. And he ended up getting that second GTS he needed to win. Um, yeah, and disappointing I mean, faction. I mean, is it disappointing? Maybe, but it's not the most disappointing thing in the world, in my opinion. Just because, I mean, we're still excited to see Punk, but we also want to see some good for Eddie Kingston. But with that being said, it's going to be hard to see everybody we want to do good actually do good because they just have so many fucking people. So, I mean, not everybody's going to get the, you know, have their shine all the time. It sucks, but I mean, I guess this just wasn't Eddie's time, which I kind of figured it might be because Punk already got some steam. He's won a mat. He's won a feud already. I thought this would have been a good time for Eddie to get a good win, but... So did I, dude. I hope this doesn't... This is my thing. I, I really just hope this doesn't turn into a situation where Eddie becomes... The king of AEW Dark? Not the king of AEW Dark, just the, the, the Bray Wyatt of AEW, where he's really good to be up against, but he rarely ever wins the feuds he's in. Yeah. I hope it doesn't become that kind of situation because that would be really sad. One. Mm -hmm. um, and for two, you just love Eddie so much. Like it doesn't make sense. Like it's, it's going to start to not make sense. Yeah. Like him so losing to Moxley. I get that. Um, him losing to Miro. I get that. Him losing I to Punk even. I get it. But it's, but eventually it's going to start becoming situations where everyone's cheering for Eddie again and he just loses too consistently. I was going to say, I don't even think that the Miro match was, I didn't even get that. I kind of figured he would beat Miro. Yeah, but that that's, that's the good thing though, is like he's still in situations where he's held such a credit to us that we feel like he can win these matches that, Maybe on paper, it looks like he shouldn't win. Mm -hmm. um, but eventually, that's going to wear off. And I hope that he doesn't become a novelty. Because yeah. um, the biggest thing about this Punk feud was that um, Punk, he's such a good talker that he kind of convinced you in a way that, like, he, he maybe he is. You know, He's like, he's so good, and you really want him to win, but he won't. 
And he was like, isn't that just the story of his career, really? And I was like, that's a dig. That's a that's a tough dig to take. But if they keep booking him like that, it's going to become a reality. That's that that's that Paul Lee type of talking right there. Exactly. Like where it's just it, it's it's so close to home, you can almost believe it. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm sure they buried the hatchet, but I hope this is the rivalry that kind of changes that talk. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Punk can it, it, win the it, first one. Mm-hmm. It reignites Eddie Kingston. Exactly. I hope it ignites Eddie to where he can win at least one of these fights. Yeah. And then maybe give Punk the last one. Mm-hmm. But something that doesn't let you feel like the story of Eddie Kingston's career in AEW is just being the guy that comes really close to winning the big match and can't do it. Yeah, we don't want to see Eddie become the Bray Wyatt, the Dolph Ziggler, the people of that nature. Like the stepping stone for the other guys, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The Kevin Owens, you know, of, of Cesaro. Exactly. Um, so I hope that doesn't happen. Punk tried to shake his hand after the match, and uh, he walked off, which hopefully means they're going to run this over. thing back. Yeah. Um, so hopefully that's the case. But just a brilliant match a brilliant build. Um, Eddie achieved what he wanted to achieve, which was beating the hell out of CM Punk. Um, And CM Punk got the win. So it is what it is. But hopefully they run this thing back and Eddie can get a win out of it. Solid Mm -hmm. match for me, though. Solid match. Um, With that being said, uh, after that, they ran the promo for the Inner Circle versus American Top Team uh, with uh, Adam Lambert, uh, the men of the year. I believe they're calling them all ego, all ego Ethan Page and um, Scorpio Sky. And then they had was Junior Dos Santos and Andre Arlovsky. Andre Arlovsky. And, and this is what they called the was it the Minneapolis or uh, Minnesota yeah, street the, fight? Yeah, the Minneapolis street fight. Yeah. And this on paper was my piss break match. <laughs> I agree. I agree. This was the piss break. I just because I mean, I don't want to say I'm tired of Jericho because I'm uh, he gets me tired with him at times. But yeah. this feud itself, just I, I was so uninterested in this feud. I don't I don't know what it was. Maybe it was the American top team. Maybe it was just Dan Lambert himself. But I, I was just so uninterested in this pay-per-view. Just like from not this pay-per-view, in this feud mm-hmm. from like week two or week three. I think yeah. once it once it hit Philly, maybe the week before it hit Philly. I was uninterested in this thing. Yeah. And it sucks because I want to say Dan Lambert is like helping, but he's really not like, I, there's no advantage from Scorpio sky and Ethan page dealing with Adam Lambert. Really? No. Dan Lambert. Dan Lambert. Um, Yeah. Adam, Adam Lambert is the singer. (laughs) <laughs> right, right. What do you want from me? Um, so hopefully, hopefully, um, 
I don't even know what to say. Like, I hope he doesn't stay with. I hope this is it. It's not a benefit. I hope it's just after this, they just kind of leave. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm, I have the strange assumption that they're going to have one more thing to do mm. that they haven't done. And actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, they can't do that because he's, he's actually hurt. Um, I was going to say, I think the last thing that they have to do is maybe Jericho versus uh, Jorge Masvidal. But just to throw in quick UFC news, Masvidal was supposed to fight Leon Edwards soon, but Masvidal had to pull out the fight because he's legitimately hurt. So maybe they can't do Jericho versus Masvidal because Masvidal is actually hurt. So maybe mm. with that being the case, maybe this feud is over, and hopefully it is. Yeah. Yeah, I would hope so, too. Um, but I know that even though it might it might or might not be over for Jericho, um, I know it should be over for Sammy Guevara because following the match, uh, it was very weird. Uh, uh, somebody came out to make a special announcement. Who's that? Um they were talking about, you know, some young guy like huh? all over the world or whatever. And I was, on my, I was on my phone like, I, I don't know who the young guy is. I don't really. It's probably just some celebrity, whatever. Daniel Pewter. Um, and then the music started playing and I was like, that sounds familiar. And I look up and it's uh uh Savio Vega. No, I'm kidding. It's Jay Lethal. Jay Lethal is uh officially all elite. Jay motherfucking lethal. The black machismo. Himself in the flesh. The king of ROH. I don't care what anyone says. That's the king of ROH. The one of the pillars of the X division. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of the, I, I would say one of the, one of the forefathers of Impact Wrestling. Yep. One Dude. of the pillars. And this just further validates my statement that I've said numerous times as of right now he is one of if not the best wrestler to never be in WWE Mm -hmm. because before it was Sting Sting's been in WWE while it might not have been great he's been to WWE now so now I'm at the point where Jay Lethal is the best wrestler to not be in WWE at all, like in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. And I thank WWE that they never signed Jay Lethal and ruined him. <laughs> and ruined him. That's true. They ruined a lot of guys except for AJ Styles. To quote a Kevin Owens theme song, fuck Ring of Honor. <laughs> oh, no, wait, that's Kevin Steen. I'm sorry. Yeah, Kevin Owens is a totally different person. Just like a El Generico. Nah, but 
I'm so glad to see him there. He wasted no time. He, he no wasted time at all. Yeah. Not a not a second. Two weeks ago, they announced people can sign anywhere, and then boom, the first name to pop up somewhere is Lethal with Ring of uh, with uh, AEW. Yeah, so it, it's just it's crazy. Cause I I didn't think he would move so fast, but I'm very happy he did. And and in an interview, he said uh he was actually just happy that they called him. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he immediately said yes, like no brainer. You would be out of your rabbit ass mind if you were any promotion to not call Jay Lethal. I think Jay Lethal's at the point now of his career and his stature. He's one of those indie guys that doesn't have to call anyone. Mm-hmm. They should have to call him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it's it's uh it's uh it's just kind of surprising at this point because I mean, and but to- then again, Christopher Daniels has already been there, Kazarian. There's just one more name that we're missing. How how many more years old boy got on his contract? Like two years, maybe three years? Wait, wait, wait. Which one are you talking about? You're talking about Bobby Roode? You're talking about AJ Styles? What are you talking about? Okay. There's two more people that we're missing. <laughs> okay. I, I, I forget I forget uh Bobby Roode is still there. Yeah. Then again, so does everybody. Mm-hmm. But I was true. talking about AJ. Okay, yeah. I I don't think AJ's gonna go. I'll be honest with you. No, I don't think he's going to go either, but I mean, you we know, can he, dream. Yeah. Yeah, we can dream. But I would doubt it. He, he, he's probably going to finish his career there. Meanwhile, Ricochet is just stuck on a five year deal that he signed willingly. What an idiot. And Lethal's out here getting phone calls from people. Hey, you want to come over here with us? Crazy. Whatever. Crazy. And still young. He's only 36. Wow. I didn't. Re- I thought he was like. I didn't realize I thought that he either. At, I thought he was, I thought he was at least forty. Exactly. Yeah. He's only thirty six. That's amazing, dude. My man gonna be going for another ten years. That's crazy, dude. That is absolutely nuts. And he wanted to finish out his career in ROH, so that mm-hmm. means he's probably not moving anywhere after AEW. Yeah. <laughs> if WWE wanted him, they ain't getting him. Mm-mm. He's a made man now. Um. But with that being said, there's only one match left uh, after the crazy announcement of Jay Lethal. Um, and that is the main event, AEW world title, Hangman uh-huh. Page. Wait, uh-huh. what? what? You, there's two. There's two what? There's two matches left. What do what you mean two matches? What? The dentist. Oh, did I skip over that? I mean, I'm not mad that you skipped over because I would have skipped over it too because I didn't like the result. Oh, yeah. Well, I was off. I am missing a match. Um, There was Ty Conti versus uh, Britt Baker for the AEW Women's title. You're right. (laughs) You guys can't see right now, but I'm kind of (laughs) crying. I'm just... uh... Oh, why, why, why do they do this to me? Yeah, I'll be honest with you, dude. I thought it was over. I thought, I thought Ty Conti was winning that, John. Oh man, I wanted Ty Conti to win. 
Um, it was, it wasn't a bad match though. I think it was a, I think it was a fairly decent match. Um, could have been better, but I just don't like the result. Um, yeah, I, I definitely would have went the Conti route. I felt like this was a good time, a good enough time for her to get the belt. Brits had it for God, I don't know how long. She's beaten everyone there is to beat in that division. At at this rate, I don't know who takes the belt off of her unless you're going to have her and Ty Conti go at it for one more go. Mm-hmm. But because she beat her on a roll-up, right? Yeah. Yeah, see, so unless you want to actually have them go at it, go at it again and have Ty Conti pick up the win that way and get the belt, okay, but I, I would have given it to Conti here. And yeah, dude, I agree with you. I thought this was it. I thought she beat everybody there was to beat, and the only the only thing left was to hand the belt over and put her into different things. But I don't know. Maybe, maybe that maybe they have a bigger picture planned. Yeah, maybe there's a female signing that they're waiting on um, to announce, and that's the last person before they turn the belt over. Um, Possibly two people. Who knows, man? Who knows? Who are are these two people that we speak of? I mean, it could be anybody. I I, I can't tell you for sure, but there's certainly certainly some monsters out there that you could um, sign for... uh, for Britt for, Baker, for Britt Baker, yeah, I guess so. But you know, we're there's some I other for, ties, I, ties, ties. There's um, I know there's there's some tie, tires, nias. There's there's people out there. I, I, I was gonna say there's some stuff you could tie up, but you know, mm. if, if you're gonna tie some stuff up, then you might have to wait for a, you might have to wait for an eclipse to come. I don't know. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one day she could just be walking in the locker room and get jacked. You never know, man. You never know. Mm-hmm. She she could get jacked, and then you know it, it could be a there could be a full moon outside. Who knows? We'll just have to wait and see, man. Uh, there won't be any um, there won't be any uh uh, uh Blanchards out there though. Yeah, and it 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 might not be as iconic, but. Yeah, but but there's some people, there's some people, so we'll, yep. we'll have to wait and see. But I I really thought it could have been it could have been her time. We'll see some embers come up from the flame soon. Mm-hmm. All things depending. All things depending. What do we got? Another eighty days before we can talk about that? Yeah, there, we'll be back in February to to revisit. Yeah, but now it's main event time, right? Main event time. Um, Kenny versus Hangman, the long-awaited, nah, not even rematch, because they never did it. Um, it's the first time ever, I think. Yes? Yeah, first time. Uh, I believe they did it before, or maybe that was around the time Paige got hurt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll, have to, we'll have to go back and look at that. Um. But yeah, yeah. Uh Kenny versus Hangman. Um 
and this hell of a match, hell of a promo leading up to it. Um, and it was very, it was very easy work for Kenny, I believe. Um, because a lot of this really rested on Hangman's shoulders. Um, and the the promo package they did, and credit to them for using promo packs how they should be used. Um, just very old school, right before the match, doing what it's supposed to do and getting you hype about the match. They don't spend the entire they. I mean, they run every promo before the pre match before the buy, yeah. but they they hold they show you that. Um, and the first half of the buy-in, and then you don't see them until the feud is about to happen. They do it traditionally where yeah. they run the promo, then run the match like they're supposed to to get everybody hyped up, yep. uh, which I very much appreciate because that is a lost art, WWE. Um, no shots thrown, but shots I mean, thrown. Jesus, learn from your predecessors. Um, <laughs> um <laughs> There's a there's a formula for these kind of things, but they ran the promo and in the promo they really laid out the fact that um, Hangman really kind of carried the hope for the new generation of AEW coming into things. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we're kind of back to square one because when he lost, he was really kind of the hope of. Um, the new wave of wrestling of the new wave of wrestling of the company's direction. It kind of rested on his shoulders and then he lost it to Jericho. So this was kind of the, this was his full circle moment. Either it will be, or it won't be. Um, Which tells a very good story because on Kenny's end, it was um, I've been here. I've always been here. This is the big, the biggest match of his life, but, I've been, you know what I mean? I've been at the top of the top for forever. Yeah, so, like this is just another day in the office. Exactly. This is the most important moment in his life for me. This is just another day. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go in and I'm going to win because that's what I do. And he's going to yeah. go in and he's going to lose because he can't cut it because he's never been able to. Very simple. <laughs> so it was like... Oh man, the build was just perfect and the promo. Yeah. Uh and then knowing everything that they went through and everything the elite went through with him, it just it, it was very full circle. It was very full circle even before the bell rang. Mm-hmm. Um and just the week prior um or yeah, yeah, like the week just the week prior as we're talking about this, he had apologized to the young bucks for costing them the world titles the first time. Yeah. Um, so that was big. Um, they both went into the match very focused. And it was just amazing spots. They mm-hmm. pulled off um tons of different suplexes, uh, which was expected. Kenny's fantastic at suplexes. Yeah, some um, of their top rope stuff was pretty good too. Yeah, there was some crazy V triggers as always. Um, Kenny's a, a master of the V trigger, that switch knee kick. Mm-hmm. Um, Hangman uh, had a crazy spot where he uh, hit the lariat off the top rope through the table. Um, that was very big. 
Um, I think after that, there was a good spot where he was about to do the buckshot lariat, but Kenny collapsed uh, and he just couldn't stand up. And then there was another time where he tried to do the buckshot lariat and Kenny pulled the ref in. That was crazy. Um, But it tied into the end of the match because he pulled the ref and the ref gets knocked out. And of course, um, if you've seen any Kenny Omega match, you know what's about to happen next. Uh, the Bucks are about to come down. Shenanigans are about to ensue. Um, one of the commentators had a, cr- a hilarious line uh, because the ref got, got knocked out. Um, the Bucks show up and he goes, uh, uh-oh, dipshit alert. <laughs> so oh, shit. I started cracking the hell up. But um, Excalibur, was that you? Probably, probably. Um, but the Bucks came down um Kenny tried to pull off a one-winged angel and actually got reversed um and Hangman did his one-winged angel on him um tried mm-hmm. they totally fooled me I thought that was it um uh, but Kenny kicked out uh and then he kind of went for the buckshot lariat and there are the bucks and they make eye contact and I'm in my head like don't get distracted man you got a job to do and he looks at the Bucks, and the Bucks are just kind of like, "It's your time." Mm-hmm. And it's uh, two. They just, I think him, it was they like, just give him that nod. They give him the nod of approval, and I think he landed like two buckshot lariats to get the win. Um, so he gets the one, two, three. Um, so I don't know now what happens with Kenny and the Bucks, but as it stands, um. Hangman Page is the new AEW world champion. Uh, the Dark Order came down to embrace him, and they finally hugged. So I don't know if that means he's the new leader of the Dark Order or if they're still just mutual friends. Um, I, I'm not sure exactly what happens following, but just the moment in itself and having Hangman be full circle and you know now they can kind of carry this arc with Hangman that they wanted to is big. I- I will say um, it was great storytelling through the match. And that's one thing I didn't really give Paige credit. I didn't give Paige enough credit for. Mm. And that's something I've always given Kenny credit for. Like mm-hmm. Kenny's a great storyteller in the ring. Mm-hmm. Paige on his own, I don't think is a great storyteller. But if Paige has a great dance partner, then he's a great storyteller. Mm. Like, he, he can't storytell in a match on his own like Kenny can. Yeah, but you put him but this in match there with itself, the right guy. It, it was great storytelling throughout the match. Like, the spots with Paige and Kenny were good. The, the moment where him and the Bucks have that moment where they just look at each other and give the nod. Like, it wasn't a nod that's like, go get this motherfucker. There was a nod that's like, we're staying out go of Go ahead. It. Yeah, yeah it, it's a nod like, we understand. And I think it's going to tie into something. I feel like it'll tie into something with Kenny and the Bucks. But I feel like as far as Paige goes, it was it was a good way to not really to end the story, but to have the story come full circle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now you, you don't know what's going to happen, but um, the fact that Kenny turned the belt over is a big thing. Yeah, because it needed to happen. It did. 
Mm-hmm. He, he wasn't a, not to say he was a terrible champion because he really wasn't. He was a great champion. Yeah. But he, it, you know, you can be a great champion, but if you hold the belt for too long, it kind of becomes stale. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel like as it stands right now, they're doing a good job with not having. I think really the only thing that's becoming a little stale for me is Britt Baker. Mm-hmm. But even even the Kenny stuff isn't isn't really didn't really become too stale. Like it became stale at times, but it like this this title run I'll remember. Britt's title run, I don't know. I'll just remember it being long and strenuous. Kenny's, I'll actually remember the people he fought. Like, I'll remember him doing it with – I'll remember him going in there with Hangman. I'll remember him having the little one-off with, you know, the people in Impact and Christian. I'll remember him having this one. Like, I'll remember a few of his his feuds. Yeah, I feel what you're saying. Um, I think the only Britt Baker one I'm going to really remember is her and Thunder Rosa. Yeah, that, that's really all I'm going to remember for Brett. Yeah, and then after that, and it's kind of yeah, here and there. Stuff. And I'll, I'll remember Conti just because I wanted Conti right. to win it. Right, right. Because I, ba- I barely remember, God, who was it that she just fought? Um, Statlander? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember much of the Statlander fight. No, me neither. I just know she fought Statlander. Yeah. I know it was good, but I know going into it, I didn't expect Statlander to win. No, I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't think any of us did. Yeah, but I, I, I see how that is the effect that um, Omega would have because he was on his title collector at the time. Um, so him turning the belt over was the right thing to do because eventually it was going to seem like. It, it, it was just going to seem like too much. It was, you know what I mean? Like, you don't want to seem unstoppable. Mm-hmm. Um, little known secret for some people, uh, the unstoppable guy isn't appealing to, like, actual wrestling fans. It's not, yeah. like, very marketable. Um, let John Cena be uh, an example. After it started to seem like Cena won too much, he really had to go away because <laughs> it, it just became a stereotype. Like it, and it's just not, it's not good for the core fans. If they just start to realize that you're never going to lose, um, mm-hmm. it just becomes kind of ridiculous. And even, even with Brock Lesnar, as an example, um, you really got to work a whole year just to have a few um, where Brock Lesnar can lose. So it's just, it's just strenuous. It's just strenuous. And it was time. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to see what Hangman is going to do with the belt and what Kenny's going to do after this. Yeah, me too. Even though I think Kenny's probably just going to continue being an ambassador for the company. Yeah, I mean, Kenny will have his stuff going on like he always does. He'll he'll have his feuds, he'll have his his moments, but I could agree with you there. He'll probably be more on the ambassador side than than anything else going forward. Mm-hmm. So I mean, we'll we'll see what happens, but um, I'm hoping that they continue to do what they have always done, which is find a way to make it entertaining. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I I can say next week is going to be entertaining because I believe on Dynamite Jay Lethal is fighting for the TNT title. Uh, oh yeah, that that that's going to be very interesting. Which I gotta be honest with you, the moment he put the challenge out to Sammy Guevara, everything in me was like, Sammy, don't answer that. Mm-hmm. Let it go, Sammy. You will throw yeah. your title reign away if you cha- if you accept this challenge. From if Sammy. you go with Jay Lethal. Jay Lethal is going to kick your ass on Wednesday. Do not do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he came out and I was like, listen, Sammy, give yourself time to think about it. <laughs> and he, he's like, you're on. And I was like, oh, well, that's the end of that. <laughs> Spend as much time with the title as you can, buddy, because it's going Wednesday. Jay Lethal is beating you for that belt. There's no way Jay mm-hmm. Lethal is not becoming the new TNT champion. Um, and I don't I don't normally agree with people winning titles right off the bat as soon as they enter the company, but you know, it's it's lethal, man. Like it, <laughs> if it happened, it's like one of those things that are like, you know what? It's like, come on, man. It's I'm not Jay even lethal, mad, dude. Like, what do you like? What like, do you expect? Like, <laughs> have you ever seen that? I'm gonna sound really, I'm gonna sound really okie doke when I say this, but if you've ever seen Friends, the TV show, when Joey eats chocolate cake and he's like, "I'm not even sorry," that'll be our reaction if lethal pops up. <laughs> His first match and wins the title. We're gonna be like, we're not even mad. Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, what do you mean? What, it's Jay Lethal, man. What do you want? Like, what do you? Like, do you Sammy, want, you man? had a you had a good moment, but we're not even mad. Go ahead, Lethal. Go ahead. Yeah. You yeah. you thirty six. You knew. You still young king. Go ahead, young king. Do your thing. It's it's just him. It's just him. It's just it is what it is, man. That's the that's the king right now. You gotta mm-hmm. give it to him. Um. And I think I think even that TNT title spot is a good spot for Jay Lethal to start because it puts a target on his chest, um, and it provides you with a situation where he can mix it up with um, all the different talents at all the different levels and kind of establish himself. And then mm-hmm. once they have something legitimate for him to do, he can drop the title. Yeah. But yeah, that thing's that thing is gone. <laughs> it's gone. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, sir. You a young upcoming talent, and that is John Cena practically. You're, <laughs> yeah. Expect defeat. Uh huh. You already know the deal. Be surprised if they let you win with a roll up. <laughs> like you know what I mean. Like, you're you're in there with uh, one of the absolute best. So. You know, that in itself is the honor. Yeah. Um, so that should be fun to see this Wednesday. But all around, um, an amazing pay-per-view. Uh, every match did what it was supposed to do, um, even if I wasn't a fan of every match. Um, yeah, they all was... delivered in the aspect that they were supposed to deliver. Uh, yeah, I'll agree. It was still a very, it was still a very good pay per view, better than most pay per views WWE puts on. But you know, that, that's like beating a dead horse at this point because exactly. we already know. Exactly. So there's, there's there's really no need to dive into that because we've we've done it already. We'll we'll wind up doing it again later on. But this was a this was a good pay per view. It, it was definitely one worth watching. If you didn't buy it. 
sorry you didn't buy it. And if you if you didn't watch it, sorry you didn't watch it. But this was definitely a pay per view to watch. Yeah, it it did everything it was supposed to do, and um, you know, on the road that they're on, as long as they can keep um, everybody mutually happy. I know you can't please everybody, and there's um, yeah. certain people that are like PO'd about where they are, mainly Brian Cage, but. If you it's going to happen. Yeah, you, 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 you can't, can't please everybody. everybody. You can't please everybody. But if they, if they can continue with the consistency that they have right now um, at this level for this long, uh, if they can keep it going, man, it's, it's, it's going to be nothing but great things um, I was gonna say, every month. You know what happens when you try to please everybody? Mm. You end up like Ring of Honor. I don't mean to throw a shot at Ring of Honor, Damn. but hey, Damn. we love you, Ring of Honor. But you know, it's just, it's what happens. You can't please everybody. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. So you got to do what you got to do. Um, but as long as they can stay consistent and stay entertaining and stay about wrestling, um, yeah, it'll 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 pan out for good things. It'll pan out, and uh, it'll be like taking candy from a baby to beat WWE in pay-per-views every week, every month. Oh, happy days. <laughs> no, but um, so I think that's all we have as far as the WWE and AEW stuff goes. Um, so who's kicking off these shout outs first? Is it you or is it me? Um, I can kick out. I can kick off the shout outs because I don't have to. Know. All right. Okay. Um, as always, to start with the shout-outs, Doghouse Gaming, for all your retro gaming needs. Uh, I say it darn near every pod, and I'm going to keep saying it because I love it. Uh, it's one of my favorite places to go. Um, it's one of the friendliest places to go and easiest ways to lose a paycheck. Uh, happily, I will say. It's, if there's any place to happily spend money, that's not a strip club then it's doghouse game um for all your retro gaming needs they have every every single system i could think of um from you know dreamcast sega genesis ps1 to ps5 um all that good stuff so go there for all your retro gaming needs i want to thank uh jaded wrestling i want to shout out d the toy hunter who um just followed us on Twitter uh, not too long ago. I want to shout out um, and for and for being on the pod last pod. Yeah, yeah. let's not forget. Uh, shout out to D for that one too. Um, and I want to shout out to uh, Justin, or uh, I think his Twitter handle is Justin uh, Justin Time Two Eleven mm-hmm. um, for shouting us out on Twitter. Uh, a little bit ago with a lot of our friends. Um, so shout out to him. Shout out to Justin. Shout out to Jada Wrestling. Shout out to uh, D the Toy Hunter. And shout out to Doghouse Gaming. Uh, that will be my shout outs this week. Duke, you take it away. Got you. Well, as always, uh, I'm going to shout out the wrestling fan. You know, you got Reckless. You got AJ. You got D. You got Fritzy. You got AJ. You guys already, if you've been listening to this pod, you know what their handles are. You know where to reach them at. So you definitely need to check them out. Uh, Bobby Rassels, 
over there at the All About Wrestling Podcast. Um, I'm going to be popping up on there for a quick segment on their podcast on an episode that they have coming up soon about career-ending injuries. So if you guys want to check that out, you can. Uh, Through the Table podcast, they're doing some great stuff as well. They've been shouting us out on Instagram and whatnot. Uh, We got Matt Men podcast. And as always, we got to shout out the Dirty Heels podcast because they're doing some awesome stuff too. Mm -hmm. If you haven't connected with them, make sure you do. And since you're shouting out, you know, a place that you love for all your retro gaming needs, I'm going to shout out a place that I've been going to and they've been showing some love as well. Acme Superstore. They have all types of old old style wrestling memorabilia and newer wrestling memorabilia. They've got things from Rey Mysterio masks to autograph figures whether they're newer figures or the WWE classics, or they even have some WCW ones. Just recently, I picked up the uh, TNA Impact Kurt Angle. Nice. And they got other stuff, too. They got Funkos. They got comic books. They got anything you can think of. Star Trek, Star Wars, Marvel, DC, anything under the sun. So go check them out. They have a store based in Florida. They have a Twitter. They have an instagram a facebook they have all that good stuff so if you looking for some memorabilia definitely check them out because they do ship as well nice um but that's pretty much everything i have i think that's all the shout out stevie has guys man we've been doing this for about 60 60 some odd episodes now and this has been fun mm-hmm. uh so thank you for tuning in, guys. You know we got some more stuff coming as well. If you guys want to check out the pod, Spotify, Apple Music, all that good stuff, you can go to our website too, dangerousjobberswebsite.com, and you can find us on there. You can find everything you're looking for on that website. You can also find it on our YouTube where we just uploaded two videos, one of them being a pod that we recently did uh our draft episode and mm-hmm. you can catch stevie jobber and mrs jobber the lucky bastards going to an mlw show that was in philly um so if you guys want to see what that what that uh, mlw show was like definitely go check it out because i wasn't there but it was it was one you got to check it out trust me it was one worth watching yeah it was a hell of a show hell of a show But, guys, thank you for tuning in because, you know, without you guys, we wouldn't be doing this. So thank you for tuning in. We appreciate you guys listening. Have a good one. Stay up. Stay blessed. As always, stay dangerous.